understanding the gospel. Understanding the gospel. So last week I gave a definition to say, when we talk about the gospel, we are referring to that message of who Jesus is, what he has done, and what he's made us to be, or what he's made us become. That means in the gospel, we have an understanding of who Jesus is. And if you're going to listen to any message in quote the gospel, it must be consistent with who Jesus is. It must be consistent with what Jesus has done. It must be consistent with what Jesus has made us to be. Amen. Amen. Excellent. So, last week I explained to say, it's not every message you get to hear that is the gospel. There are many messages out there, but not every message you get to hear is the gospel. The gospel is good news. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. Are we together? It's not the good news of what you have received by man. It's the good news of what you've received by Christ. It means if you can get it through man or by man alone, it wasn't provided for by the gospel. Are we together? There are many teachings out there that are termed as the gospel. There are teachings that are termed as the gospel, but they are not. So the gospel must be consistent. And that's why you have to be a student of the word of God and get to understand how does the Bible, this man called Jesus, what, is, what does the Bible say about him? What are the scriptures saying about this man called Jesus? This man called Jesus, what has he done? Think about it. what has he done? When he died on that cross, what did he do? What did he truly do in the mind of God? What was happening when he died? So like I said, this is a teaching I can, I can teach for, for many weeks. But at some point I have to stop. I don't know how far we'll go, but I hope not too far. <laughs> so that I can unload other things. <laughs> but then, the, the, the goal of this message is to help you understand what the gospel is and also to help you communicate it correctly to whoever you're communicating it to. For example, you see, never listen to a voice of a backslidden soul. Are we together? Mm. There is there is there is the wisdom called called the backsliding wisdom. Mm. Have you ever heard the teaching or a saying called we left we left the church we didn't leave God? Mm. Ah, that's useless. Mm. I read the Bible. My the fact that you said I chose us to read the Bible because if you read and saw what's in the Bible, you don't utter such things. You understand, right? 
It's like you're married to someone and you decide to go live in another country. You're there, I don't know how many years. Your spouse goes, where have you been? I left the country, not the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so I see how ridiculous that sounds. <laughs> or you as a sister, what do you do if your husband just told you that? I'm leaving, the, not the marriage, but I'll be back one day, I don't know when. I'll come back. <laughs> They will leave you, young man. <laughs> you see, you have to be careful with the things you listen to. And some of these quotes are coined by people who backslidden. There's another one called Church Head. I won't ask that one. Now, am I saying you can't be offended by people from the church? You can. And can I, can I tell you something? As long as you're you serving God a certain way, you can't avoid offense. People will offend you. Yes. As long as you're, 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 you're deep in serving the Lord, people will offend you. So you think, imagine if one of you offended me and said not to come to church. I'm just touched. The pastor just won't show up because he's touched. No, no, what would you say if that's the reason I gave you? I'm taking a two weeks break. I need a breather. <laughs> because the members have just become toxic. Now, how does that sound? <laughs> Sounds like the reasons people give, eh? Yeah. In Genesis 3, we can dive into it. Genesis 3, we get to realize something happened. So God plants man in Genesis chapter number 1 and 2 in the garden. You remember that story, right? And then God gives them a command that, in fact, there were two trees. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the Bible says there was a tree of life, right? Now, you get to realize that when Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says his eyes were open, and they realized that he was naked, so the Bible says, right? And of course, you'll get to notice that when Eve ate, nothing happened. It's when Adam ate that something happened. That means it was Adam's disobedience, not Eve's disobedience, that brought sin. So the Bible says by one man's offense, not by one woman's offense. It was the man who brought sin, not, not Eve. So Eve would have even finished everything. Nothing would have happened. Should have been full and things have been okay. Because the instruction was given to Adam, not to Eve. Are we together? Now, you will realize something from that happened is that immediately... Man ate of that tree. He fell from his place. And the first thing God did when that happened is that God sent angels to guard the tree of life. The reason is simple. is because if man ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and immediately rushed to go and eat from the tree of life, he would have lived eternally in sin. There would have been never salvation out of occurred. So God had to protect man immediately because now God gave a prophecy in Genesis 3. Genesis 3 verse 14, for the sake of context, eh? but the key scripture here is verse 15. Genesis 3, the Bible says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. That means initially it wasn't going on its belly. 
That tells you something. It says, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Verse 15, you realize that the first prophecy of Jesus is given in verse 15. He says, um, and I'll put enmity between you and the woman. It says, in between your seed and her seed. You notice that the second seed there is, in, is capitulated. If you look at your Bible, right? That's symbolic that it's actually talking about Jesus. All right? Talking about a person there. So talking about ordinary seed. All right? It says, and he shall bruise your heel. Hmm. That means he will destroy you. Okay? And you shall bruise his heel. You shall bruise your head rather than you shall bruise his heel. That's the first prophecy of Jesus given in the scriptures. That Jesus was going to come through the woman. Are we together? So you will realize that after this happened, there was no death that entered into this world before man sinned. Okay? No death was permitted to enter into this world. Man had no knowledge of death. Man had no... All the, all the knowledge man had was the knowledge he got from God. That means the knowledge that man was functioning by was limited only to what God had given him. All knowledge that he got outside God, that's what brought sin. Are we together? And then now we get to realize that when man sinned, man fell. Because remember, God came into the garden and asked Adam, Adam, where are you? I was hiding. I realized I was naked. And God asked him, who told you you were naked? Didn't God knew he was naked? God knew. But then Adam all alone didn't know. That means even the definition of nakedness came by sin. The definition you and I know. But anyway. <laughs> Are you listening? So, Adam had to first die spiritually before physical death could come. That means death had to first take place spiritually before it can physically manifest. It had to happen that way. And now, when Jesus came, I love Jesus. When Jesus came, he came born of a woman. Right? When he came on the scene, see, he knew when he would die. He knew how he would die. He knew he had to die. When Jesus began to tell his disciples that he was going to die, one of the disciples loved Jesus so much that he rebuked him. You're not going to die, my Lord. <laughs> Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. In other words, the intention was good. It wasn't coming from the right place. So the fact that you meant well doesn't mean you can't offend someone. Should I say that again? The fact that your heart was in the right place doesn't mean you didn't offend someone. Your heart can be in the correct place and still be very offensive. That's life. 
Imagine Peter meant well. Tried to tell the Lord, don't die. How is that a bad thing? Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. Rebuked him. Because he knew, look, if he didn't die, Peter would have never been saved. Are you following? So you, you, you get to notice that when Jesus was crucified on the cross. Now, maybe for some of you, you may not understand. Now, crucifixion, when someone died through crucifixion, it means they committed the worst crimes possible. It's not every single person who was crucified in the, in, in, in the Bible days. It was for criminals. You understand, right? Yes. In today's age, maybe people committed crimes like treason. Or murder, you understand, right? The worst crimes possible. Those are the ones who were crucified. Now, Jesus, politically, the man was committing treason. <laughs> because he was talking about a different kingdom in the kingdom. <laughs> so the king was just uh, this guy. This guy was his own people. And people began to follow him. When he died on the cross, he died the sinner's death. This is a man who lived his life without committing a sin. This is a man who lived his life without... You see, he was perfect in the eyes of God. Maybe in the eyes of man he wasn't. But in the eyes of God he was perfect, he was pure. There was nothing wrong with him in the eyes of, of the Father. Are we together? And on that cross, I want you to realize this. On that cross, all the sins of men were laid on him. What that means is the cross was symbolic of judgment. Are we together? The cross was symbolic of rejection. On that cross when he was there, all the sins of men were laid on him. That means the sin that you committed when no one was watching, that one, Jesus, it was laid on Jesus. Mm, you're laughing, eh? You, you know what you do. <laughs> it was laid on Jesus. That means he carried everything there. But then, the Bible says something very interesting in Galatians 2.20. One of my favorite portions of scripture. Galatians 2.20. Are we there? Yes. Fear there, say glory. Glory. All right. Galatians 2.20. Let's go. One, two, three, go. I have been crucified with Christ. Uh-huh. It is no longer I who live, but Christ is in me. Uh-huh. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Read it out again. Let's read it out again. One, two, three, go. I have been crucified with Christ. Yes. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Have you seen that? He says, I have been crucified with who? Christ. That means on that cross, I was crucified with Jesus. It means if Jesus was just on that cross, that was my judgment taking place. That was my judgment taking place. It means if rejection was being offered on Jesus, it means my rejection was being laid on that cross. Now, I want you to realize something. The cross was a horror for Jesus. It was a painful experience for Jesus. 
The pain of the cross was not even in the nails. It was being separated from the Father. Jesus lived with the Father all the time. He was never separated from the Father from the time he was born. He, the Bible says he could only do the thing that he saw his father do. That means there was not a time he did something that he didn't, didn't see his father do. Are, are you listening? That means he walked in oneness, in communion, in fellowship with the father continually. Now on that cross, that's why when Jesus was praying in the garden of Gethsemane, he was praying, let this car pass me by. He wasn't praying so that, so that he couldn't go to the cross. No, look, his prayer was, look, I, this, this is the first time I'm ever going to be separated from you. It was the first time ever. And on that cross, when he lay there, the Bible says the sins of men were laid on him. That means every sin, and I want you to listen, everything else is a consequence of sin. That means even the consequences of sin. Every sin was laid on him. And the Bible says, of course, that God turned his back on him in that moment. That means God will never look at sin. He doesn't. See, that had to happen so that 2 Corinthians 5.21 could be fulfilled. It had to happen. It had to happen. On that, I'll give you the scripture, don't worry, we'll, we'll read it. It had to happen. On that cross, he was separated from the Father. And the Bible shows us that for three hours, he was alone on that cross. That means it was the first time the consciousness of the Father's presence was not there. It was the first time the, he couldn't sense the Father's presence. He knew the Father turned his back. You see, one thing you must realize is this. John chapter number 10, verse 17 and 18. The Bible says, therefore, my Father loves me. He loves me. Look at the conviction by which he spoke. He says, my Father loves me because I laid down my life that I may take it. Says, I lay it down. And then he says, No one takes it from me. That means Jesus couldn't be killed. It wasn't possible. He had to see, he's the, he had to lay his life down. He couldn't be killed. There's a scripture that was not properly translated in the, in the Bible, which is, I think that's uh, Isaiah 53, verse, uh, that should be verse 9. Isaiah 53, verse 9. Somewhere there. It wasn't properly translated because they, they missed something there according to the original text in Hebrew when I did when I did my study several years ago Isaiah 53 verse 9 if you if you do your, your, your research on this you will discover it's the same thing talking about Jesus Isaiah 53 it says and they made his grave with the wicked but with the rich at his death the word death there in the Hebrew is actually plural it means death it means Jesus died to death that means firstly, he had to die spiritually before he could die physically. What that means is death physically couldn't grab a hold of Jesus until his spirit had to die first. Are you listening? It means sin had to first get hold of his spirit before death could even locate him. Because he couldn't die on his own. Death couldn't find him. If death looked at him, he couldn't find him on his location anywhere because he was life itself. The moment he comes in contact with death, death dies. Are you listening? And that's why even at the final, at the final, the death will be the last enemy to be, to be, to be destroyed. Who will destroy it? Jesus. 
on that cross, he had to die spiritually first. And that's why when the sins of men were laid on him, his spirit man had to first die before he could physically die. Now, death is not the way you and I see it. Are we together? It's not the way you and I see it. Death simply means to be separated from God. So death means, death simply means separation. Even in the physical, when a human being dies, it simply means their body and their spirit have been separated. Are we together? So now spiritual death simply means to be separated from God. When God told Adam, said the day you eat of this, you will surely die. When Adam ate it, did he physically die? No, he was alive and lived for many more years. But in the eyes of God, he was a dead man walking. He was dead because he was separated from the father. And that's why everyone who is not born again, listen, that's why everyone who's not born again is already spiritually dead. And that's why when we preach the gospel to others, we are bringing life. We are not ministers of religion, no. We are ministers of life. We bring forth the message of life to other people because we are carriers of lives ourselves. This message we've received is not just a good teaching that we get to you know Jesus. No, 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 no. It's a message that brings hope. It's a message that brings life. It's a message that can make anyone into a new creation. And the message of the gospel is open to everyone. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter how deep someone has been in sin or how far they've gone. The message can bring them out. The gospel can bring them out of darkness into the light of God. And they can become a new creation. You understand, right? And that's why, look, as a church, we will, we, see, we, yes. we will not be, we will not segregate. We, we can preach to anyone and everyone. Yes. Doesn't matter where they've been or where yes. they've. No, we will preach the gospel to everyone. No, Pastor, you don't understand. This one drinks too much. In, in her drunkenness, the gospel yes. will reach and bring her out. Yes. Are you listening? Yes. Why should we chase anyone away? Why should we? Hmm. Jesus didn't die so that we can just become so religious, just sit in church with suits and we're like, yeah, 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 with tongues here and there. No, 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 no. We have to take the message out there. We have to take the message out there. And that's why when you're in school, you are an ambassador of this message. You carry a message. Wherever you go in your workplace, you carry a message. Someone must be born again because you are there. You can have many ambitions in a year, but how many souls do you plan to win in a year? Or do you just have goals for yourself? Goals that are centered around you. It means you've not decided living for the gospel. Are we together? Yes. So he says, I've been crucified with Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I've been crucified. That means now I identify with the death of Jesus. It means Jesus died my death. The death I was supposed to die, he died on my behalf. The judgment I was supposed to receive for the sins I committed, Jesus received them on my behalf. And that's the message we carry. So I say the gospel is the good news. It's the good news. One time I was in a vision, and I remember I, me- I remember I shared this uh, with, with I think that was at, at the last conference we had last year, Victory Conference. And in the vision, I was I was in, in a chain store. Uh, let's assume it's shop, right? Right? We go there and I was carrying a trolley and I bought a number of things, a lot of things. And there's so many things there. And now, on me, I knew I didn't have money in the dream. Okay? Physically, it was there. In the dream. <laughs> it was there. In the dream, I didn't have it. You know, have you, have you ever gone uh, 
shopping and then you're concerned you want it to hit a certain like you know if it hits this one at what I say when I put you you know what I mean right it was in that moment where I, I there, there were so many things and when I went there and they were punching when everything was done and I was supposed to pay I knew I didn't have it then someone told me said this bill was already catered for for you when I turned to look at the things I had bought they were goods to me but they were labeled healing they were labeled all, all these other things and when I woke up the Lord told me say look everything you could ever need was purchased by Jesus it means he paid your bill it means the punishment you were supposed to take it's as, it's as though you committed a crime and you know you were guilty and someone decides to pay for that crime on your behalf say look leave him I would take the punishment on myself. Do you know why it had to be Jesus? Simple, because the blood of Jesus was the only blood that didn't have a trace of sin in it. It had to be pure. I'll teach you about the blood properly. That's why he had to he had to live the life he lived. That's why look in my eyes there is no soul that Jesus can change right. it doesn't matter how you look at them yes. you you know them you may even know them deeper than i do me when i look at them in my eyes there is no soul there is no single person i have seen even homosexuals being turned away with his eyes with this gospel there is no there is no person who is too deep in the world that Jesus can't bring out. Imagine telling a man you are too dirty for water to wash you. How does that even make any sense? I said there's, there's I said 2 Corinthians 5:21 had to be fulfilled, right? 2 Corinthians 5:21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. This had to be fulfilled. On that cross, it had to take place. It had to happen. And that's why if you are here and you know you are living in sin, Jesus is calling. This is a message to call you out of that life. It's a message to call you out of every addiction that you ever had. Are you listening? 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Yes. Hallelujah. Read it again. I want you to read it. And the Bible is talking about you there. One, two, three, go. He says, He made him. Talking about Christ. Who knew no sin. That means he was sinless. He says, He made him to be sin for us. He didn't say he made him a sinner. Jesus became sin itself on that cross. It says that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means now we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so the Bible says in it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. How together? That means in the gospel, that righteousness is revealed. Now, one portion of scripture that I love. Romans, this, is, this will be our last one due to time. Romans chapter number 6. Oh, this one will bless you. Some of you have never even read it. <laughs> but it will bless you. 
He will bless you. Romans 6, from verse 5 to verse 11. The gospel is the good news. News that is too good to be true. (laughs) Romans 6, verse 5 to 11 says, For if we have been united together in, in, in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. That means if we've died his death, we resurrect his, the way he's resurrected. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. And then he says, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. He didn't say it will be. No, it's not the future. It was. It was that. It, it, it happened a long time ago. That means when in the mind of God, when Christ was being crucified, I was being crucified. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you listening? Yes. yes. And then he says, well, when verse 6, right? That the body of sin might be done away with. Ah, precious Jesus. He says that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Why? Because we died. Yes. Verse 7 says, For he who has died has been freed from sin. Pause there. <laughs> he who has died has been what? Freed from sin. Now why are you still addicted? No, the question is why. That means it's a choice to be in addiction. Mm-hmm. Says the Bible says you've been you've been free from sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, sin is no longer the problem. The right. problem is your unbelief. Now, do you believe what the Bible says about you? Do you believe what the gospel has provided for you? Do you believe that this is a message for you? Do you believe that this message has set you free from the power of sin? Do you believe that this message has brought you life and immortality? Do you believe that this message has made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Do you believe that this message has made you justified? Do you believe it? That's the question. He goes on to say, verse 8 says, Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. <laughs> Alright? He says, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. That means there is no second death for Christ. <laughs> Praise God. He says, dies no more. He says, death no longer has dominion over him. He says, he says, for the death he died, he died to sin once for all. He says, but the life he lives, he lives to God. <laughs> Verse 11. we we'll end with it. It says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves. That means identify yourself now. What are you talking about? Say, reckon yourself now. That means you align yourself. Now, say, I reckon myself with the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Yes. So the Bible says you've been you've been made dead to says thou reckon yourself. It didn't say God will reckon you, say reckon yourself. It means if you wait for God to reckon, it may never happen. It may never happen. If you're waiting for that feeling to feel a certain way, it may never happen. You have to wake up and just reckon yourself. How together? (laughs) Verse 11 says, Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And I told you, sin and all its consequences. That means the consequences that happen after the fall, everything. Reckon yourself that you died to them. Now you are alive to Christ. It means if Christ has been brought from the... How was Christ brought from the dead? Was he, was he raised from the dead defeated? Was he raised from the dead sick? Was he raised from the dead as, as, as someone with fear? Was he raised from the dead as someone who could, be, who could be bossed by the enemy? No, no, no. He was victorious. He was raised up from the dead victorious. When he rose 
rose from the dead. He was mighty. Sin was defeated. Death was defeated. The enemy was under his feet. He was ruler over everything now. He had the power of life and death in his hands. He could speak to things and things would obey him. Have it together. This is the Jesus we've come to now. And this is the message of the gospel. You believe the Lord Jesus. You believe that when Jesus died, I died with him. When he rose, I rose with him. And when he ascended, I ascended with him. You understand? Now that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, I am seated with him. Now I live the very life he lived. That's why the Bible says, as he is, as he is, so are we in this world. So the Bible teaches us. Are you listening? No longer. It's unnecessary to be living in sin. It's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. And like I told look, you have to listen to this. It's not necessary for any man to ever go to hell. No. It's not. Because any man who goes to hell, it's simply because they just, they just never believed. You believe in the gospel and your ticket to heaven is guaranteed. It's as simple as that. Praise God. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. I want you to to make a prayer. Say, Jesus, you died for me. (laughs) I reckon myself now. (laughs) I reckon myself to you. That the death you died, you died for me. The death you died. That death you died. And I want you, if you can visualize it, visualize it. That sinner's death. That death you died. That death, you died on that cross. You died for me. And if you've been struggling with sin, you have an addiction you've been struggling with and you know, you even know in your spirit that this is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. I want you to confess. Say, Jesus, you set me free from the power of sin.